Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service. Amen. Stand to your feet if you would, please. Look your neighbor right in the face. Just tell them you look good in church. Now look at your second choice neighbor. (laughs) Tell them same thing. Now be seated. Let's get right into the word. Some of y'all just got a, got a whole complex when I said second choice. You didn't think about it. Well, why am I a second choice neighbor? The last will be first. Don't, Don't let it bother you. All right, open your Bible to Matthew chapter 13. We're going to do this quickly. I want to talk to you this morning about kingdom. Somebody say kingdom. If you can get a revelation on kingdom, your whole life can change. If you can get a revelation on kingdom, your entire life can change. Many of you business people. You have a drive on the inside of you. A lot of times, ignorance will cause people to try to talk you out of feeding that drive. So you'll go halfway and you'll, 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 you won't believe a full lie, but you'll believe a half lie that you shouldn't give your all. Think about kids when, they're, when, when you're a kid, you know, you go to school and your parent tells you to do your best and you, you play a sport to tell you to do your best. You get a good coach and a coach will make you feel like you can run through a brick wall. I saw a lot of you guys just leap, just reach down and grab that knee that <laughs> the coach convinced you, you tried, the knee didn't make it. You get a good coach, try to convince you to give your best and do your best. Try to convince you that you can do things. And then something happens when you become an adult. It's almost like everybody just says, shut up, slow down and get in line. But then you start teaching your kids, do your best, give your all, do your best, give your all. All the while, statistically in America, the drive is metered or turned down in adults. I'm not talking about being irrational. I'm just talking about the effort level. And God never wanted you to turn down. He wanted you to turn up. That's why a lot of you business people, you feel that drive on the inside of you to do more, to know more, to accomplish more. That's because God has established each one of us that are believers to be a part of a royal priesthood. The scripture even calls you a king. Now don't hear that just in a male sense. If you're a lady, you're welcome to replace it with queen. If you're a guy, stick with king. The reason... That you can understand this is because Jesus is the king of kings. And you are called to be a king. 
That's why in business and life and your profession, you are called to be a king. And let me just tell you two things that kings and priests do. A priest generally shares vision. It's worth writing down if you're a note taker. If you're not a note taker, I would become one. But a priest shares vision. And this is why you as a king or queen are so motivated. Because a king brings provision. So in the Old Testament, we would see Samuel and other prophets like him that would get the vision that God would have for a season or a region. And then the king would go out and subdue the region and bring the provision back to the kingdom of Israel. Does this make sense? So as a king, you got to know that drive on the inside of you is not made to be turned off. It's made to be turned up. And as a king in the kingdom of God, what happens is you're never going to be fulfilled and satisfied until you are doing your best. Until you are giving your all. Because there are people relying on you. What's quiet in this library, Brian? (laughs) What happens is as a king, you have a mantle on your life to do a thing. And if you don't know what to do, you do what is in front of you until God changes your, changes your mind and your desire to the best of your ability. But what happens as a king in this kingdom, lowercase k, you are subject to the uppercase k, the king of kings. And this explains the part of you that when I say or somebody like me says kingdom, something on the inside of you goes, say what? You may have never heard teaching like this, but it is intriguing you because when you get a revelation of it, you can understand the rest of the Bible. Because Jesus' plan for your life was not just to send you to heaven. Because if that was the case, when you got born again, you'd just be transported. Jesus' plan for your life was for you to represent his kingdom right here, right now. And when you begin to represent his kingdom right here, right now, now all of a sudden you actually become a target for the enemy. And when you become a target for the enemy, now all of a sudden you spend the rest of your life fighting. And if that's intriguing to you, stay tuned. Because there's something better than not having to fight when you're thinking about, well, I don't know if I want to fight. Something better than not having to fight is seeing the victory. And you never get to see the victory if you're not in the battle. I don't want to hear about the battle. I don't want to hear about the victory. I want to see the victory and tell everybody else about it. I want to see God move. I want to be in the middle of it. 
I don't want to just go along and get along and make my way to heaven only to find out God's going to send us back to earth after that. I want to be here for 120 years and I want to be famous in hell. I like to say stuff like this because I'm from East Texas. Devil, I'm the wrongest one you ever messed with. Because I read the book. And it says the kingdom. Everybody say kingdom. The kingdom suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. I'm not talking about UFC. I'm not talking about Tyson Fury. I'm talking about spiritual warfare. I'm talking about deciding I'm not going to get pushed around anymore. I'm talking about deciding... My business is going to prosper because as it prospers, I'm going to bless the kingdom and I'm going to see God move in my life. I'm talking about stop being halfway in on any of this stuff. I'm talking about all the way in. I got friends of mine, especially when I was in high school and college, you know, you have more uh, closer friends that aren't married to you. You should. Uh, when you get married, there should be a significant separation between your friends and your spouse. Your spouse should become your number one. Doesn't mean you can't have friends. It just means the spouse becomes the number one. But I still have friends to this day that if they thought I needed something, they wouldn't ask me, how'd you get yourself in this situation? They'd just jump in. We'd work the rest of it out later. This is how it has to be in the kingdom. It has to be, I'm in. I'm not partly in. I'm not a little bit in, I'm all the way in, but you got to know it's a change from society. Like I mentioned before, the world is very different. The world is very different than the kingdom. And in this kingdom, You've got to make some choices that are contrary to this world. Not just to get to heaven. Going to hell is the last thing on my mind. I'm not going to hell. I got a good father that loves me. Jesus washed me in his blood and I'm going to go to heaven. The only question is how many people am I taking with me? Because if the devil can get you worried about hell for the rest of your life, you're praying, like, did, was the blood of Jesus insufficient when you ask him to ransom you? So the change is, you get out of the world and into the kingdom. And the kingdom has protocols. And the kingdom has culture And the culture of the kingdom doesn't just follow a geographical location. The culture of the kingdom follows its citizens. So for instance, has anybody ever heard somebody talk from Australia? Sounds awesome, right? When they come to Texas, they still sound like they're from Australia. So they're in Texas. They're not of Texas. Right? Somebody moves to Texas from Louisiana. Come on, they eat spicy food even though they're here. Culture. 
The culture goes where the citizens go. Matter of fact, I can take you to New York City. I can take you to San Francisco. And I can actually take you to Chinatown. It is not China. But enough people, citizens of China, have moved there that the entire culture, you walk down the street, the street signs are in Chinese. It's not China. But the culture of China is there. So what he wants is the culture of the kingdom brought about by the citizens who live here now. So what happens when you start getting a revelation in this kingdom, now all of a sudden you have a drive to excel in your business that you didn't have before. Now you have a purpose. People are giving their life for all kind of stupidity nowadays. All kind of stupid things. Because everybody wants something real to give their whole life to. And when you start giving your whole life to Jesus, now all of a sudden you actually have a purpose that will last your lifetime and into eternity. I don't want to get to heaven and be shocked about what's going on. Would you believe that? They're singing up here. I want to get to heaven and it'd be a continuation. When think about think about this for just a second. Some of you it's gonna take you to a place when I say this. Think about the first time you really see Jesus face to face. I don't want to be shocked by everything. I want to have been walking in the culture of the kingdom now. And I want him to say, more than I really want anything else. Good job, Brian. I don't want to give my life halfway for somebody who gave their whole life for me. Aren't you glad he didn't stop halfway before he died? That's enough. Get these nails out of my hand. So you give your whole life. Now you're going to be in different arenas and different platforms. Everybody has a different layer and level of influence. But the question is, what are you doing as a king? Don't let anybody talk you out of your royal bloodline. It's not arrogant to say about yourself what God says about you. It's arrogant to think you're better than somebody else. But don't walk less than just because the world is more comfortable with the less than version of you. Don't walk less than just because your extended family remembers what you did when you were 12. Everybody did something stupid when they were 12. I'm saying the word stupid a lot, Brian. Don't walk. Don't be what they're expecting you to be unless what they're expecting you to be is all that God has called you to be. Shock the world. Shock the world. I was talking to a good friend of mine. This week, and he said, he said, 
Pastor, you said something the other day. I said, yeah. I say stuff nearly every day. (laughs) He said, you said if I'm going to be uncomfortable, everybody's going to be uncomfortable. I said, yeah, I don't mean that disrespectful. I said, but if somebody's going to say something stupid or going to say something out of out of order with the Bible in front of my children and act like it's true, I'm not going to sit there and be quiet and uncomfortable. I will make sure my children know the truth and I don't care who hears it. So if you want to say something crazy in front of my kids, just know I got no problem telling them the truth in front of everybody and everybody else can just get happy in the same shoes because I'm responsible to raise those kids. And when I go before God, he's not going to ask you about my kids. He's going to ask me about my kids. So that's what I mean when I say shock the world. Stop being a participant in gossip that hurts somebody. If your job site is one where everybody backbites, you, you don't have to do it. You can just be quiet. And I've found that being quiet will make people pretty uncomfortable too. A lot of people, most people, want somebody to agree with them. So they say stuff like that. You know what I mean? Right? They lean at you. They want you to agree. If it's outside of the scripture and I'm aware of it, I look like a statue. Here's an example. You know, I get a sinus infection every year. You know what I mean? And I'm like, have you ever had a sinus infection? Sure, I've had a sinus infection. But I'm not roping it and calling it home. It's cold and flu season. Everybody's getting the flu. And, it, and, and I'm fine leaving it there. But if they keep pressing me, right, right, right. I'm like, no, it's not cold and flu season at my house. Contrary to popular belief, the news anchor doesn't set the seasons in my home. So this kingdom has cultures. I got 11 minutes. I haven't even touched my sermon yet. So we'll be here till six. Is that cool? There's the woo-woo crowd, Brian. They egg me on, boy. Woo-hoo. People, preachers come to our church. They're like, Brian, can I just have like, I don't know, 30 of your people fly them to my town. I'll preach in my own church. I, I'm just a better preacher at your church. That's what they tell me. It's culture. Everybody say culture. I want to give you really quickly a kingdom culture. Matthew 13 is the parable of the sower. Throw it up on the screen there for me, and I'm going to try to stay down here. 13 and 1. Matthew 13 and 1. I'm going to read kind of quick. Jesus, the same day, went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside. Great multitudes were gathered there, gathered unto him, so that they went into a ship. So that Jesus went to a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. So get a picture of this. Jesus is standing or sitting in a boat, and everybody's on the beach, and Jesus is teaching. And he spoke many things to them in parables. If I say parable, parables are little stories that give big truths. 
So he's teaching them in parables and he said, behold, a sower went forth to sow. Everybody say to sow. So that identifies what a sower is. A sower is somebody that sows. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth. Or excuse me, verse four. And when he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside and the fowls came up and devoured them. Some fell upon stony places where they didn't have much dirt or much earth. And forthwith, when they came up, because they didn't have any depth, when the sun was up, they were scorched. Because they had no root, they withered away. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them, but others fell on good ground. Somebody say good ground. Somebody say, that's me. Somebody say, I'm good ground in Jesus' name. But others fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Verse 9 says... He who has ears to hear, let him hear. You got to decide what you're going to listen to. You have to decide. And it, it's better to go all in for God than be one foot in, one foot out. It's better to be burning hot for God than it is to be lukewarm for God. But he tells this story and he tells this beautiful picture of the parable of the sower. And he talks about some falling by the wayside, some falling in stony or rocky ground, and then others falling where the thorns came up. But then there's that good ground where the Bible says that it began to produce after itself 160 and 30 fold. And so what I want to talk to you about just for the next four minutes is about, are you working your ground? Are you working your land? What are the rocks in your life that you haven't moved out of the way so, there's some, so there can be some actual depth? Are you just going where it's convenient? See, the wayside is the road, and it, it's just the convenient area. If you were to drive to Dallas, you wouldn't walk through the woods to get there. You would go by the road, by the route, by the wayside. Are you just having a convenient life or are you having a spirit-led life? In this kingdom, are you, are you the kind of ground that when God drops a word, that word reaches down to the depths of the fertilized soil in your life and its roots spring forth and wrap themselves around the rock of ages to be so secure that when that root system finally gets strong enough and we begin to see some growth on the outside of your life, is the outside of your life something strong enough that can develop some shade and some fruit that will both protect and nourish others around you? What I want to know is what kind of ground are you? Are you the type that takes it and says, that's me. I'm going all in. I remember when Crystal and I got married and I moved to Houston and we went to this church and the median age of the church was probably 473 years old. God told us to go to the church. We were sitting there and, and we stood out like a sore thumb and everybody was like, well, hello there, youngster. How you doing at church? Praise God. Hang on just one minute. <laughs> we knew God had taken us there, but there was a Bible teacher that was preaching the word of God and it felt like every single message was for me. 
I cried more in that year or two of my life. I, I don't have any tears left from the year or two of my life that I was in that church and I would look at my wife who I just married. I said, did you tell him what I was thinking? And they'd give an altar call. Like, and who here was born in one of the months of the year? And I'm like, that's me. Oh my God. (laughs) Who here has two legs? This God knows my name. Oh my God. But I felt like every single altar call was for me. And Crystal and I are there. And, and they said to us, we want you to be prayer partners. I'm like, I need prayer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you want me to pray for people? I need prayer. So I would be answering the altar call on my face, crying, and then have to get up and pray for people while I'm broken. All the while, really, my only testimony is I just wanted to be good ground. If the word was being deposited, I wanted it to take root in my life. You can't just come to church. You got to be the church. You can't just talk the talk. You got to walk the walk. I'm asking you respectfully, what kind of ground are you? Are you just the convenient ground where when the right Bible verse crosses my Facebook, I act like it's a sign from God? Or are you cracking the book open yourself and trying to find some truth in God's holy script? Are you, are you stony ground? Are there some big just blockades in your life that are stopping your root system from really taking hold? Because it doesn't matter how much of the tree we see if the root system is unsustainable. It doesn't matter how much growth we see on the outside if the root system is unavailable. My question is not if the winds blow, it's where will you be when the winds blow? You know, palm trees do something really interesting. That's why they're on the beach so much. They bend really well. Some of you have some hurricane seasons you've been through. And your testimony is this. I just bent, 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 but I never broke. Some of you, your testimony is it looked like all hell was breaking loose. And I don't even understand how it happened. But if I can't beat it, I promise you I'll outlast it. There has to be something in your life where you decide 100%. I got to get these rocks out of my way so that my root system can develop. The other got dropped among thorns. And the Bible says, this is Jesus later teaches all this uh, to the disciples specifically. But he says the cares of this world just choked it out. When you hear the word of God, it ought not be the last time you, you meditate on it. And I've heard it a thousand times. I've heard it a million times about how people should be and shouldn't be. So I'm not here to dictate what you should have for breakfast, but I'm telling you the word of God ought to be consumed all week. Because if not, who in here has ever had a garden? Just wave at me. I remember Crystal one time said to me, said, I think I'd like a garden. All of a sudden, I'm sunburnt with calluses. 
She said, I just love watering this garden. I built the fence. Come on, somebody. Put all the stuff in. Plant the thing. Boom, boom, boom. Plant the corn right here. Plant the purple whole peas right here. What else we have? We had other junk I didn't eat. I'm trying to remember. It was beautiful. It's a great garden. We had carrots. They don't look like carrots. They're underground, believe it or not. Moving on from our agricultural lesson. You know what we never planted? A weed. You know what grew everywhere? You don't have to plant what you don't want to grow. You only have to plant what you do want to grow. And then you got to work your land. You're not stealing my joy. You're not stealing my harvest. You're not stealing my kids. You're not stealing my marriage. You're not stealing my future. You're not stealing my anointing. You're not stealing the plan and the purpose that God has for me. I decree and I declare I will not be ground where the cares of this world come in and choke it out. What kind of ground are you? So how can you how can you talk like this? Because I know what you're made of. See, the Bible says in Genesis 1 that God created man in his likeness and in his image, but then in chapter 2, he formed him. And when he went to look for the matter or the material to form him out of, he didn't have to look far. He looked right down at the ground he created. The whole story's about you. The whole thing is a love story about you. And he says simply, what kind of ground are you? Are you the type that's just convenient? I happen to be awake on a Sunday morning, so I decided to drive to church this time, the first time out of 674 years. Just when it's convenient, when... When you know what, I, I just can't sleep, so I guess I'll pray for 32 seconds. Or are you the type of ground that purposefully says, I'm going to be tilled? Let me tell you something. One other thing, and I'm almost done. A lot of time, the soil has to be enriched. And I've done a lot of farming. You enrich soil with fertilizer. And fertilizer is... Can I say it differently? The junk in your life is actually going to be what God causes you to grow with. You're sitting there saying, why did this happen? Why did that happen? Because he needed you to know you could survive that too. He needed somebody that you care about to know that you survived that. And if you survived that, they can survive that. Sometimes you got to thank God, not for the stuff, but I thank God I didn't die in the stuff. It's blended around in my life and it's causing me to be the ground that is fertile, that things can grow in. What kind of ground are you? Are you, are you dictated by 
by the friends that you're around? Are you dictated by the addictions that used to plague you? Are you dictated by what somebody says that's close to you? Or are you the kind of ground that says, God, if you're looking for some place to plant the word of God, it will forever be hidden in my heart. Day and night, I will meditate on your word. And in the right season, the right time, the root system that you're developing in me will cause forth something to spring out that everybody will see. I'm just asking what kind of ground you are. Respectfully. What kind of ground are you? When God looks around, he, he, he's, he's looking for good ground. Who can I trust? I'm telling you, God is about to pour his spirit out on this region like it has never happened. And he's looking for good ground. Somebody said, that's me. Jesus said, some it's good ground. And good ground produces a harvest. Well, what's a harvest look like to God? I'll tell you, people. That's why our vision is so simple. And if you know it, say it with me. We exist to love people and point them to Christ. Maybe, maybe you're here and, and you've never been born again. I'm about to give you an opportunity to be born again. Or maybe you're here and you say, you know what, I've been born again, but I've never been baptized. This Wednesday, we're going to have baptisms. A night of worship too. It's going to be beautiful. The reason I make that point is because if you need to be on the list to be baptized, I encourage you to stop by Guest Central or Brown or give us some information right at the end of service. But you can bring somebody that you care about to that night. Tell them, hey, come see me be baptized. Come hear a concert. And you start being the type of ground that produces the fruit that Jesus actually paid for. And now by identification, you have identified yourself as good ground. Because you're producing. You say, well, well, I don't know exactly how to do it. Nobody does. That's another lie of the devil that you have to have everything figured out before you do something. Some of the best ways to figure something out is to start doing it. How many of you you here have ever been to YouTube University when it comes to a project? Some of y'all are like, how to change a light bulb. You're like, hang on a second, hon. I know exactly how to do it. All right, first thing we're going to need to do is unscrew it. Lefty, loosey, righty, tidy. Praise the Lord. You don't know how to do everything, but you still do things. And you know what else you do? The more you do it, you get better. The more you do it, you get better. So I'm just asking, what kind of ground are you? Look your neighbor right in the face and say, he's talking to you. (laughs) Come on, 30 seconds in his presence. Let's close our eyes. Lift our hands. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, follow us on social media. 
that is the best way to stay up to date on everything happening at New Heights. We look forward to you joining us next time on the New Heights podcast. And if you are ever in the Bryan College Station area, we invite you to come out to New Heights Church for a live service. I promise we'll make you feel right at home.